All right, everybody, now's the time. Brown right, motion, tail back slant. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for fucking dinner, all right? On one, ready? Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys, episode two of the 2018 season. This is our look at the upcoming week two games across the NFL, and strange things are afoot in week two. The Browns are undefeated, even though they still haven't won a game in almost two years. The Ravens and the Natty are meeting on Thursday night, tied at 1-0, and the Steelers... They're at the bottom of the division, albeit alphabetically. That's just the AFC North. So in this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks, our new segment, Andy's Total Prop Tease, which uh, he nailed last week, and we're also getting to your news of the week. But first, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy, the prognosticator Atridge. Hey, Matty, how's it going? Well, thank you. How about yourself, bud? Oh, come see, come saw. Uh, as it relates to our record, we won a very mediocre 7-7-1 seven, seven and one last week. Uh, the reason why that number doesn't add up to 16 is because we do not pick the Thursday night game. Yeah, even though they had two amazing... They had a rematch of the NFC Championship game last Thursday, and even they played down to Thursday night standards. The Thursday well, nighter sucks. And it's not even the, just the championship game. So you got the team that won the Super Bowl last year. And the team that should have won the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah. So what you had is an 18 to 12 debacle with these two uh, otherwise powerhouses in the league. So what are you going to get when you've got uh, your Bengals and your Ravens and the next week followed up with the Browns and the Jets? Um, uh, this, is the, this is the reason why we don't pick Thursday games. They suck and we won't stoop to the level of the league. Now, that being said, our total prop tease, which you alluded to earlier, was great. Uh, we considered it a success if two out of three win. Um, but in fact, all three win. I picked the total on the ben, uh, Bengals-Colts game to go over 48, and it was 57. Uh, the prop that I alluded to was Eli to pass for fewer than 272 and a half yards. He threw for 224. And then I teased Baltimore, Baltimore and Miami, both of whom won outright. So let's let's keep this going. I hope it continues. So last weekend, uh, everyone's seen the highlights. We've heard the commentary. So let's not waste too much time rehashing the past. But there are a few notable numbers here. First one, Matty, 225. As in penalties, 225 penalties for 2,254 yards. Refs, come on, keep the laundry in your back pockets, please. Well, this is where I go off because I'm a former defensive player. First of all, I even said it last year. Why even let the players run down the tunnel? Why not let the refs run down the tunnel? They want to be the stars of the game. And this, the way it is now with these new rules, I'm fucking livid. How about this? I'm all right with not hitting on the head. I don't, I, with what we know about CTE and even just concussions in general, I agree. You shouldn't be hitting on the head. How about this, though? Why is it just defensive players that are held to that standard? Why are straight arms still legal for offensive players? Or why can they still dip their shoulder into a tackle? That's, that's a hit to the head, is it not? Second of all, the ridiculous rule of not landing with your body weight on the quarterback has to end last week. It should uh, you know, honestly, I didn't even know that that was a new rule. When I saw that, I was like, are these how do you not do that? Are these fucking 300-pound men supposed to levitate once they've hit yeah. the quarterback? Because <laughs> exactly. that is literally the only way That's I can the see the whole point of what you're supposed to do. That's how you've been taught from high school to college to this, the pros. This is football, all right? People are going to get hurt. And yes, I know quarterbacks are worth the league and yet are worth all the money that these teams pay them and people need quarterbacks because otherwise the teams almost become unwatchable. However, to win the Super Bowl, it's not just being the best team. Football is a war of attrition. It's about who stays injury-free throughout the year, who can gut out the pain, and which team has some serious pass rushers that can crush opposing teams' quarterbacks. That's just the way football is meant to be played. To take that away, they've legislated defense right out of the game. Like, back when I played... 
half the crap I did would be illegal. And I wasn't necessarily a dirty player by any stretch of any stretch of the imagination. So and that was just the off the field activity. <laughs> yeah, but man, they've really got us the refs gotta put the put the flags back in their pockets. Forget about this rule of the landing on guys. But hey, I'm all for enforcing the head hits because we all know what, what happens because of that. And I, you know what? We were all taught as young players. You tackle low. You get low. You drive through the tackle. Wrap and snap. You know, if you're hitting, you're running for somebody's head, you're trying to hurt them. Yeah, I mean, there will be no future of the sport if, uh, if that was allowed to continue. Um, parents are letting their kids play in, in, at early ages, and it doesn't translate well uh, as it goes through the uh, ascension through the well, ranks. I agree, but nobody has been like, oh, that D lineman landed on my son and was there a little too long. I, I'm not letting my kid play football anymore. No, no one, uh, no one seemed to care about that when I was the quarterback at the bottom of the pile <laughs> with guys literally twice my size on top. But no, no I apologize it, for the rant because I just interrupted your number segment, but I was no, no, no. Pissed. Um, so the next poignant number, it's, it's zero. In fact, it's 0. 0.0 as in Nathan Peterman's quarterback rating. He threw, uh, five for 18 for wait for it, 24 yards and two INTs. And in fact, there was one point in the game where he threw an incompletion and his quarterback rating went up. <laughs> Isn't I'm not it great sure how that they got rid of Fitzgerald? The- <laughs> Pardon was, me? Wasn't it great that they got rid of Fitzgerald? Oh, yeah. Uh, what yeah. a smart move that was because, you know, Peterman's definitely an upgrade. I'd rather have Tyrod Taylor than Peterman. Yeah, well, and they At least also, he'll run uh, for a few yards. And they also had A.J. McCarron, whom they traded away just before the season started, um, who would have been a massive upgrade to Peterman. But nonetheless, um, he wasn't the only quarterback that played poorly. Uh, Big Ben was picked off five times. Oh, he looked awful, didn't he? He did. Uh, My boy, Jimmy GQ, he tossed three picks just in the second half alone. Matthew Stafford was good for hitting the wrong jersey four times. Call it rust? I'm not exactly sure. Um, but our next number has to do with your friend, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 417 is a number of yards passing for that 35 year old journeyman. Um, and, and he did it against what was supposed to be a very robust saints defense. So impressive hats off to him. We also did see a couple of quote unquote young guns in the league playing well. Patrick Mahomes and KC put on a clinic. Sam Darnold with the Jets, we saw in prime time, put on a goddamn yeah. clinic. Monday nighter, kid shows up. Wow. Boom. Yeah, and uh, we'll get to some of the reasons about that a little bit later on. Um, but I'm really looking forward to what these guys are going to do the rest of the season out. All right, time for news of the week. A government photographer told investigators that he intentionally cropped photos of President Donald Trump's inauguration to remove empty space and make the audience look larger, according to newly released documents. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period. Hey, Maddie, do you think they do this at Browns games to avoid a televised blackout situation? (laughs) They must, because it's really hard to imagine that that many people would put on a dog mask and enthusiastically bark for a team that hasn't won a game in 21 months. Last week in a high school game in Iowa, Council Bluffs Jefferson beat Sioux City North 99-81, to which looks a lot more like a basketball score than it does a football score. No, I'd have to say that's right on target with the NFL's wishes of legislating defense out of the game. You know, they're just letting the kids and the fans get used to the new rules at an amateur level because this is what the NFL is going to look like by 2020 if Roger Goodell and the Rules Committee have their way. And rumor has it that the Raiders are looking to sign wide receiver Martavis Bryant in a one-year deal, even though he's facing a one-year suspension for violating the league's substance abuse policy. Chucky's actions of late have led me to believe he's, you know, non-copus mentis. Like, maybe he couldn't resign Khalil Mack because he didn't have any priors, which seems to be a must-have part of the curriculum vitae for any player wanting to wear the silver and black on game day. Boston Celtics guard Jabari Bird had been arrested for allegedly assaulting, strangling, and kidnapping an unidentified person on a domestic incident last Friday, according to Boston police. It's official, the NBA, now more violent than the NFL. However, the Raiders could change that by signing Jabari Bird. 
Oscar De La Hoya revealed in an interview with TMZ Sports this week that he would consider running for the President of the United States. Quote, unquote, I'm actually very, very serious, and I feel strongly that if a Kanye West can do it and announce and maybe tease the world that he would maybe one day want to run for president, why not me? I've had literally over the years, ever since I became a professional in boxing, I've had millions of people tell me, look, why don't you represent? Why don't you stand up and have a bigger voice? And obviously, the biggest voice you can have is being president. Oh, yeah, because we all know that the American electorate just loves Latin American candidates. Uh, and also, don't you have to be able to spell president in order to be president? I think we've obviously found out in 2016 that the answer is no. This guy's a liar. All right, time to fire it up with our weekly picks. We start off Sunday's game in Hotlanta. Uh, they are six-point favorites, which, while well, you were telling me, the line's been bouncing all over the place. But right now, as of when we're recording this, they are six-point favorites against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, this is sort of an odd spot. Um, I think people are... They might be overreacting a little bit, um, or maybe not enough in this case, because Atlanta played like crap. Um, they couldn't get anything going in the red zone. Blame Steve Sarkeesian for that. But now this week's a little different, because they've got two key defensive players who will not be playing in this game. Keanu Neal, their safety, and linebacker Deion Jones, both whom are pro bowlers, um, are out on an already weak Atlanta defense, or kind of a mid to mid, you know, mid to average defense. But now it's going to be downgraded even further. On top of that, Devontae Freeman may not play either. Uh, if he does, he certainly won't be at 100%. And the fact that Atlanta actually brought up a running back from the practice squad just in case. I think that Devontae Freeman hurts them a lot. He gives uh, Matt Ryan a lot of space because you've got to respect him if you're going play action, right? Well, you do. And, you know, I don't know if Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan. He just certainly didn't look like the Matt Ryan I know last, no, he sure uh, forcing last the week. Ball. He was forcing the that You don't have to see Matty Ice force the ball, but he did. He tried to go to Julio Jones way too many times. Well, and in fact, when they were in the red zone uh, on the last drive, uh, they had three plays in the red zone and uh, Julio Jones wasn't lined up once in, in, in the scheme. So, that's not Matt Ryan's fault. That's Circassian's fault. Yeah, but Matt why Ryan, you, Matt Ryan shouldn't force the ball to an unopened receiver either. No, but you should have your best receiver, and is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, I uh, I fully agree with you. And on the other side of the ball, um, you know, Carolina's Carolina. Cam Newton was the leading rusher for the team. Um, McCaffrey, although he's he's a running back, um, had more uh, yardage catching than than rushing. He's. They're both healthy. Um, Greg Olson isn't, although they got used to not, Greg Olson not being there last year. So I don't know how much that's going to affect them. Uh, it's clear that Devin Funches is the go-to guy now for Cam Newton. Um, I'm just, I, I, I like Carolina's defense better than I like Atlanta's. And for a game like this, with two teams that know each other fairly well, I'm going to lean to the uh, the six-point underdog in this one. And I'm, I'm going to pick the, the Panthers. Yeah, I'm leaning the Panthers' way as well, and I'm doing that mostly because of defense. I think Carolina's defense is pretty much on par with Phillies, or, you know, not quite as good. But Not I, quite I as good as Phillies, but when but you got Luke Keekley in look there. At, look at how, look at how hard look, Atlanta did not play well. Also, there's one problem with Carolina, though, and that is uh, Greg Olson is now out for, with a broken foot again this year. And that's part of the reason why I have a hard time looking at Carolina because other than Funches, that was... That yeah, was but as I, as I said, he, he was up most of last year too. So they yeah. got used to playing without him, right? But uh, yeah, I'd uh, still take the Panthers. I don't think Atlanta's offense is what it was or it doesn't seem to be anyway. This is not definitely not what you would consider a hot pick. Um, Maddie and I are gracious enough to put picks out for every game, but um, I would stay away from this one if, uh, if you didn't have to... Not a game I'm putting large amounts of money. Well, unless you're doing an office pool, we have to pick everything. Stay away. Yep. All right. Well, how about Buffalo? They got 
beat down last week by the Ravens. And I was like, I thought Joe Flacco's arm didn't have much more than 20 yards in it, but the Buffalo Bills proved them wrong. (laughs) They are uh, playing the Chargers at home, and the Bills are seven-point underdogs at home. And I'm thinking, "Mm, Chargers, (laughs) I might pick the Chargers. Um, Well, there's a few things going on in this game. Obviously, Buffalo is starting a new guy. Under center, Josh Allen. Now, we saw what Sam Darnold did as a 21-year-old rookie for the Jets. He lit the place on fire. I'm not thinking exactly the same thing for Josh Allen, but... um, Well, there's an interesting fact about Josh Allen. He got his start in the NFL when uh, when the management was coming out of the, uh, the parking lot for the day, and they saw him picking up trash and just gunning it right into the the trash bin he was an excellent parking lot worker he's going to make a better quarterback than peterman actually the guy sleeping beside the the bin would have been better yeah. quarterback position than than peanut uh, guy. Mr. peterman Call the peanut, peanut guy, guy. so um a little bit of trivia for you there normie um, Jim Kelly retired in 1996, so 22 years ago. How many starting quarterbacks has Buffalo had in that time frame? 27. Mm, yeah, you're, actually, you're a bit north. It's 20, which, if you consider what other teams have done, that's that, that's quite a few. They've been yeah. matched probably uh, only by the Browns. Uh, the Browns. Yeah, there's probably a couple <laughs> other teams that are up there, but it's certainly a revolving door in Buffalo. Um, You've got to expect that the Buffalo Mafia, the uh, yeah, the, the Bills, Bills Mafia, they're 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 hungry to see this new kid oh, play and get the out bit. there. Should they're chomping at the bit. They're they're wondering if Jim Kelly's got one more in him. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, get Andre Reid and get the whole uh, thermal back, get the whole crew together, get the okay. band back together. I'll take any man that beat cancer anytime over anybody that hasn't. Well, that's true, and. Actually, we can get onto that in the Pittsburgh game, but um, why I love week two so much from a betting standpoint is because there's overreactions in the market, massive overreactions. And all you need to do is be contrarian to what those reactions are. And the Chargers, yeah, they, you know, uh, they they had a decent game. The Bills had a horrific game. And no team is as bad as their last game, and no team is as great as their as their last game either. Um, I, I don't see Buffalo crap in the bed here at home. Um, they still have Shady McCoy in the backfield, and they do play a lot better at Orchard Park. You got a a lot player. better, and there's a guy who you may or may not have heard of. His name is Joey Bosa for the Chargers. He's not playing. Um, so that pro bowler's out. In fact, they're banged up on a lot of positions in the defense for the Chargers. And I was saying that Philip Rivers is going to suck. But you get, you know, they're coming across the country, different time zones. Um, I think this is a, a good spot here to take the home dog uh, for, a touch, for a touchdown, given the points. You know what? I think that's a very salient opinion of you, the overreaction in the line that is. Seven points is big at home. Um, you may have talked me into Buffalo, although – this might be another one I stay away from because I'm just that beat down they took last game. The uh, neither the offense nor the defense worked, and I feel like if the Charger, Chargers put up 17, they can win this game. Yeah, but Sean McDermott, he's a proud man. Um, yes, he's not going to let these guys. Uh, he's not going to let them off the hook that easily. Well, let's hope Josh Allen's a proud man then too. <laughs> Next game, we've got Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. And right now, there is a line on the board, but we it's been off the board for a while. Obviously, because we don't know whether or not number 12 is starting. And I don't think there is a player in the league that affects the spread as much as Aaron Rodgers. No way. Hey, I'll t- let me go into this because everybody on this podcast has heard me rail against Aaron Rodgers, say he hates children, old people, and puppies. Um, but I'll, let me let me say this after the last game against my Bears. Um, first of all, I never cheer for an injury. If you cheer for an injury, you're a ghoul. I never want to see a guy get hurt. But when Rodgers went out of the game, I did go, well, the Bears have a chance now. 
because Deshaun Kaiser is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. We'll Although he did, a, he Cleveland. did a not bad job. No, power. he sucked. No, he sucked. He he <laughs> sucked. Okay, and then Eric, right. see, you want to know what's good? Good is coming back at the half and doing on one leg what most people can't do on two. Some of those passes Aaron Rodgers threw, like. As a Bears fan, I just sat there, jaw gape, going, how many fucking times is this guy going to do this to me in his career? And the answer is probably for the rest of his playing days. And now that he's signed with them for so long, it just makes me want to pull my hair out. But, man, I, I hate the Packers. I fucking hate the Packers. But, man, you got to respect Aaron Rodgers. Well, at the halftime, which uh, the viewing audience didn't see, they had an alumni gathering uh, on the field. Uh, Jerry Kramer, who just, uh, as an overdue member, just got into the Hall of Fame this past summer. And they had other guys uh, that were there from the team from the 60s. And the crowd just went nuts. They went crazy just seeing these guys on the field. And all of a sudden, you know, out comes gate number 12. Oh, the place just erupted. Um, I was listening to a, an interview this week with Ty Montgomery, and he said it was like Jesus, the second coming of Jesus Christ coming out of the tunnel. <laughs> and so the place just erupted, and as soon as he saw the momentum go, and like, forget about it. Um, you, you, we've seen the script before, and as amazing as it is to watch, it, it, it's not that much of a surprise. So hats off to them. My point, <laughs> my roundabout point, is that um, if we assume that Rodgers is in there, uh, the line is about uh, minus one, minus one and a half in favor of Green Bay. Um, I still like Minnesota. They've got a much, much better defense. Yeah. Uh, Kirk, if Cousins, he's, Kirk Cousins looked real comfortable in purple, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He was throwing some darts against my 49ers defense. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to take that away from him. Now, if uh, Aaron Rodgers is not in the lineup, I think that will affect the spread to the tune of about Green Bay plus eight. Wow, uh, what a what a swing, eh? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm no joke, and um, I'm even more likely to take the Vikings at that point. So you're you're a solid Viking take on this game. That's what you're absolutely, yeah, yeah. Right on, and I never bet for or against the Packers because I hate them, and my hate colors my tendencies. Yeah, well, it'll uh, it'll certainly be an interesting game as you get closer to game time. I, I don't know. He's got a torn MCL, right? Everyone. Oh. Kind of knows that. By the way, so, I hate Minnesota as well. Well, you know, you know not as much as like Green Bay and not quite like Detroit because Detroit, you kind of hate them, but when do they ever win? So, <laughs> well, you feel sorry for them, right? Yeah, I really do. It's like the, the slow kid in school sitting at the back. You're like, oh, you, you know, you want to hang out at recess? Just be nice. I'm from Canada, so they think I'm slow, eh? Yeah, eh? All right, let's head over to Tennessee. They are uh, two-point underdogs against the Houston Texans. Again, this was a number that was off the board for a lot of the week. We didn't know the health of uh, Marcus Mariota. Um, We do know for certain that uh, Delaney Walker is out. Um, I think of all the picks this week, this is going to be the strongest in favor of Houston. Um, They are just, on on paper, they're a, a much better team. And in fact, if you look at the game against New England, they had every opportunity to, to win that and pull it out. Uh, Tennessee without Delaney Walker is like Linus without a security blanket. Um, <laughs> and, we're, and we're not even sure if it's going to be uh, Marcus Mariota or Blaine Gabbert. Um, I don't think there's a huge difference um, talent-wise between the two. Um, but I will take Houston uh, at anything under a field goal. I, I don't care really if it's on the road because I don't think that matters in this particular match. Um, I'm going all out for Houston, so that's the pick there. Yeah, oh, hey, their defense will smother the Titans for sure. Well, if, you, if just for a couple background stats, they're uh, 11 and three against the spread in the last 14 against Tennessee. They just they just play them very well. When the Saints, when the Saints come marching in, marching in. When the Saints come marching in, marching in. I wanna be. All right, we head to the Big Easy where uh, New Orleans got kind of smacked around. You don't see that often in the Superdome as Tampa Bay came in and gave them a good whooping last week. Uh, But they are back in the Big Easy, and they're playing the Cleveland Browns. And New Orleans being nine-point favorites, and the way Cleveland played last week, do you actually have some faith that Cleveland can pull this one out? 
against the no, spread that is? No, but I will I'll, I'll say one thing. Um, in my survivor pool, I am very thankful that the Saints lost because a lot of people picked them. And if Cleveland had beat Pittsburgh, that would have been even better. And if it wasn't for one errant penalty that the league actually apologized for, uh, there was quite a few opportunities for the lowly Browns to pull that one out right. But they are on the road here. And uh, one team's kind of talked about to go to the Super Bowl, and another one hasn't won a game in almost two years. And one quarterback's probably going to the Hall of Fame, and the other certainly isn't. Um, they've just got too many weapons. And, you know, with New Orleans coming off a loss, um, you know, Cleveland was the beneficiary of six turnovers, five interceptions on um, behalf of Mr. Roethlisberger, and the weather there was just horrific. The wind and the rain, uh, a lot of things can happen in that environment, but now you're in a dome, and those mistakes aren't going to happen, and I don't, I, I, this line, I, I think this line should be eight. It was, it was floating around eight for a lot of the week. I think they got up to nine for teaser protection, so you couldn't bring it down for to under a uh, field goal. Uh, but even at nine, I'm loving the Saints. I'm loving it, and I don't mind fading Cleveland on the road, uh, especially against a good team like this. Now, I agree, Matt. buddy. Nine points at the Superdome. They are going to be pissed off about that loss last week, and there's no way that's happening again. That defense is going to tighten right up. Now, here's an eerie stat. Now, I don't put a lot of faith in the betting trends, and here's why. I will put the least amount of faith in this betting trend so the last eight times that Cleveland has played in the Big Easy, they've won all eight. No shit. Let me say that again. The last eight games that the Browns have played the Saints in New Orleans, they've won all eight. Now, because they're in different conferences, you've got to expect that this dates back to the days of Paul Brown. Uh, but anyway, interesting stat. Yeah, I guess you're going to win when you've got, uh, you know, one of the greatest running backs of all time, you know, just strolling out of the backfield. Yep. It's up to you, New York, New York. All right, we go to New York City and uh, the surprising upstart Jets. What the fuck? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They are three-point favorites against division rival Miami Dolphins. And, yeah, were you as impressed with the way Sam Darnold came back after that pick as I was? Well, before I get to Sam Darnold, um, there was a point in the fourth quarter where there was this, they showed this little girl, I don't know, she was about 11 or 12 years old, wearing a a Lions jersey, and she was holding a J-E-T-S sign. That's and I was like, wow, if that doesn't speak volumes, holy crap. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the <laughs> first pass in his professional career, pick six. But God damn it, give that guy credit, his composure and his confidence. Yeah, he had the confidence the... of a guy who, you know, when he walks into a room, his dick's already been there for a couple minutes. Yeah, but, you know, in, in fairness, well, I don't know who in fairness is to maybe Matt Patricia, but not really. He did have the entire uh, preseason to prepare for this one game. So he knew the defensive schemes. And, Matty, you might not know this, uh, but it came out just yesterday uh, from Jets players that they were actually stealing signs from the Detroit Lions. That's good. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Well, I know this. Is, I know it's an astonishing thing that you're actually, you know, stealing signs from someone. But, um you know, we'll get into this more with the Detroit game later, but if uh, if the Jets can steal the signs that easily from Matt Patricia, think what Kyle Shanahan can do with Yeah, Matt like Patricia. week one, they're stealing your signs week one. What was it like? Were you doing the old one for fastball, two for curveball? You're like, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no I, indicator there. And that, that game just kind of slipped away from them, and then it was just like all the blood drained out. And then. Uh, but on Monday night. At oh home. yeah, no. at home. If I was a Jets fan, man, I'd be so psyched. Like, oh, definitely, because Darnold. This is your, this is your guy. He is this your is guy. Your guy. And if I he's was a young a, Vinny Testaverde. Oh, he's he's, uh, no, he's more than that. He's a I'm young Joe Namath. Oh, ooh, ooh, yeah, I said it. Them big words, son. I fucking said it, man. Um, now, if you're a Lions fan, 
if and you haven't already committed suicide um <laughs> matt patricia is i don't know why people thought that he was going to be a good coach he coached the defense for the new england patriots yeah none of and they sucked. Cool. yeah like last year in the first four weeks of the season um they allowed more yardage per game not in the league but that any other team has in the history of the nfl they weren't a good defense and why you can simply transpose this one guy from uh, New England to upstate New York and think that things are going to change, I don't I don't know. Um, Matt Stafford looked like he had been drinking about four hours before the game. Um, and Patricia just like, like a deer in the headlights. I yeah. But anyway, I'm not taking anything away from the Jets' win. They played really well. Um on the other side of the coin, Miami played the longest game in the history of the NFL, seven hours and 10 minutes. And that was, of course, because of bad weather uh, against Tennessee in Miami. Um, they ended up with a win, but it was, you know, it was a game that not a lot of people saw, obviously, because other things were televised during these delays. Everyone did see the Jets. And I think because of that, that this, this line has been overstated in, in favor of the Jets. And I, I think that Miami's actually a pretty good team this year. Um, I sort of picked them to, to rise above 500, and I'm I'm loving them at uh, I'm loving that I've taken a field goal even on the road. Um, this line was at three and a half at one point, but now it's settled at three, and I don't think it's going to go off that. But uh, I, I definitely think that Miami's going to be the, the best pick here. See, well, we, this is where we disagree, buddy. I'm taking the fucking J-E-T at, at home. That's with the fucking points, buddy. Well, here's another thing. Last year, they I think they had the best rec- um, against the spread record at home tied with Minnesota. They were 7-1 and one against the spread, but they were underdogs in every single game. In fact, they haven't been favored at home since the 2016 season. So this is kind of uncharted territory for a lot of the guys that are playing there right now. Not that they care about the spread, but I do, and I'm liking the points. All right, well, the Kansas City Chiefs are going into Steeltown to play the Steelers. Pittsburgh, four-and-a-half-point favorites. But right now, as uh, the classic slap shot uh, quote says, who owned the Chiefs, Sandy? Who owned the Chiefs? Who owned the Chiefs? Owns. Owns, owns, owns. I don't know. Patrick Mahomes owned a chief. He owned a chief. Threw for four touchdowns. And he's going against a guy named Big Ben who threw five picks last week. Where am I going with this, Matty? Overreactions. Everyone's overreacting to this game. Oh, the Chiefs are going to do this. They're going to do that. Oh, look how the Steelers do. Oh, they, they, they don't have Le'Veon Bell. They can't do You know what? There was a point last year, I think it was in October, where the Chiefs had a perfect winning record. Um, I think the Steelers are around, floating around 500, and they came in as almost a touchdown underdog. And they went into Arrowhead and powdered them and beat them. I think it was 21-17. No one expected that. We called it. And now the, the Steelers are at home. And... Roethlisberger is a different quarterback at home. On the road, if you look at his touchdown-to-interception ratio, it's about one-to-one. So every every touchdown has an interception to go along with it. At home, three-to-one. That's so quite it's a, a different team. It is a huge disparity. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell not being there doesn't mean, doesn't mean Jack. Um, that kid, uh, what's his name? But anyway, he played, got two touchdowns, and my God, did he show some love for his offensive line both times, right? Yeah, and wasn't uh, it great when you'd hear his name announced, what's its name, for three yards, first and <laughs> ten? Uh, yeah, and I'm looking for, for him to do equally as well, but uh, I'm also looking for guys like uh, Juju Smith-Schuster to really open up the playbook and, and Jesse James, Vance McDonald. We know what Antonio Brown can do, but I think they're going to really um, d- distribute the ball around. And um, I'll get into it a little bit later, but not only do I like the, the Steelers on this one a lot, I really like the over at 53 and a half. Um, it's a high total. I think it's the highest on the board, but as far as I'm concerned, it can't be even high enough. Because uh, Casey, they, they prove that they can put up points. Now, you're not going to get a Kareem Hunt that's going to uh, return a kickoff for a touchdown, uh, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown uh, two games in a row. I mean, that would be great for him, but that's not happening in, in Steeltown. 
Alright, we head to Tampa Bay where the Super Bowl reigning champion Philadelphia Eagles are coming in. But Tampa Bay, one of the surprise teams of last week, as they were three points away from putting a 50-burger up on the Saints in the Superdome. So what do you think? You think overreaction again? Tampa Bay is going to come down? Philly, their offense didn't look that shit hot in week one, though, either. They were pretty much saved by their defense when it came down to especially the red zone. Well, that's an excellent question. I actually think that the overreaction is more in um, favor of Philly than it is Tampa Bay. And I'm not going to take away anything that Tampa Bay did on offense because they did exactly what they needed to. Philly looked anemic. I think Foles had 127 yards passing. And yeah, they were saved they by were, Jay Ajay. They were saved by Jay, but they were averaging 3.4 yards per play. And it's very rare that you win a game doing that. Um they're going to write the ship on that, and their defense showed that they're still the best in the league. So I think the overreaction more in this particular instance is to Philly as opposed to Tampa Bay. Uh, I think this line opened at three and a half. Now it's got down to three, which is fine because I'm on the Philly side of things. Um, Super Bowl champions for a reason. I know there's the you know the the, the Super Bowl hangover. Uh, not in this case. Nick Foles is, is going to write the ship and. There was there would be nothing more than I would love to see for Ryan Fitzpatrick to put on another clinic this week and next week. And when Mr. Winston, that goddamn douchebag, comes back, he sits on the bench for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I would second that motion. And I think if he also puts those kind of numbers up or at least, you know, has those kind of performances over the next couple of weeks, I'll start buying the Tampa Bay Bucks. But right now, the proven winner is Philly. Nick Foles played lights out in the playoffs last year so obviously he can do it again they just got to get themselves in sync and once again their defense is stellar i mean the atlanta falcons should have won last game but philly's d they stood tall when it counted ben not break that's defensive motto and the eagles play that kind of football i'm, I'm taking the eagles uh as three-point favorites on the road now when people hear the name redskins they will immediately think titties and baths it's just a bold new way that we can say we don't fucking care. Go Redskins! Next one, Maddie. We have the Andrew Luck-led Indianapolis Colts going to the professional football team from Washington, now led by Alex Smith out of Utah. You know what? The football gods for this one went, meh. Well, meh. they did put... Someone put a line at minus six for Washington. And... Mm, I think that's a lot of points. I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. I mean, Washington did a great job last week. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. And they came out with a W. And now, now they're, you know, they're tied with Philly for leading that division. Um, but Andrew Luck is back, and they're a different team with him. And I, you know, not that I'm suggesting taking them on a money line, but I wouldn't be surprised if any wins this one outright. Uh, from a coaching standpoint, I don't know. Call it a wash. Um, I don't see any huge discrepancy there. But uh, and even at the quarterback position, I'm not. I'm, I'm a huge Alex Smith fan, huge. But Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck, and he's kind of in a different category. And the team just seems to rally around him a lot more. And um, yeah, again, even though they're on the road. I'm liking, you know, I'll take those six points. I'll put them in my back pocket. I'm not going to money line them, but don't be surprised if they win outright. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that because, meh. But I would definitely take Indy with the points. That six points is too high for Washington. I don't care if they're at home. From the side Los Angeles, the Rams, who are well, played another stellar game last week, are facing the Arizona Cardinals. This one's in L.A., but you and I, we both don't like double-digit uh, points, uh, point spreads. We don't, and I mean, last, 13 last points Monday a was lot. a lot. It's a lot, and last Monday was a bit of an anomaly in that 
you know, they got off to a slow start against Chucky's uh, Raiders, but none of their guys had played in the preseason. So they were getting the rust off. It was almost like a preseason game for them. And by the time that Todd Gurley, 160 yards, I think, from uh, scrimmage, something like uh, that. Yeah, no, no, he had a good game. He had a good game. Um, But I think the reason had more to do with the Raiders just being out of breath by the end of that game. They they were just exhausted. Um, They'll play them. They'll class them. They'll coach them. Um, They'll talented them, if that's a word. So, again, overreactions, underreactions. And that Washington game, the Washington team that we just spoke about, there was a lot of guys in the betting community that basically called a coin flip on the Arizona-Washington game, myself included. I, 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 I did pick Washington, which was the right side in the end. But Arizona still have, still has David Johnson. Um, Bradford's not the worst quarterback in the world. Still got Larry um, Fitzgerald. Still got Larry Fitzgerald. And, you know, this last I checked is still a divisional game. And 13 points. I'm, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, when I saw this line come out, and I think it started at 12 and a half or 12, I was looking at my chops. There is no goddamn way that I'm letting the Arizona Cardinals go. Um, I'm taking I'm taking the cards as 13-point dogs any day of the week. Like, shit, this is almost like blackjack, hit on 17, or stand on 17, hit, you know, 16. Like, you, you, there's like a standard play. I mean, yeah. 13 points, no way. Like, I very rarely will take that, and I think statistically you'd be on the right side if you just bet against that stat over and above. You'd definitely come out over 50%. I'm with you. I'd taken the cards. The Rams will win on the money line, but the cards are going to keep it within 13. All right. All right, it's time to talk your Niners. Garoppolo landed, you know, handed his first loss, albeit to a really good Vikings team. But now yeah. they're at home against the Detroit Lions, six-point favorites. I don't know, Detroit on the road, they shit the bed at home. I can only imagine how bad they'd be if they got to travel across the country. Six points should be a lickety-split barber trick, right? You would think. You would think. Oh, buddy, you're starting to sound like a Bears fan with that tone. No, 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 no. I mean, San Fran went into Minnesota last week, and I don't think any team in the league expects to go into Minnesota and win. But if you look at the game, you sort of break down the film, San Francisco could have easily won that game in just a couple plays differential. Like, you had that wide-open play to uh, um, tight end George Kittle, who he dropped it. In the open, that could he could have easily gone for a touchdown. And then the very next play, it was a pick six against Garoppolo. So just in a six-second um, six time frame, you got a 14-point uh, deviation, right? And and then there was Garoppolo missed guys in the end zone. He, he wasn't throwing well. I'm not making apologies uh, for him or for anything else. Uh, but this, what I'm saying is that the schemes were all there. Shanahan dialed up a perfect game. They simply were not executing it as well as they could have. And again, yes, it's the Vikings. But if they had done just a couple things a little differently, they would have come out of there with a W. And people would be thinking about this a lot differently. Now, Detroit, I don't think they're going to play as poorly as they did on Monday night. But they're still traveling across the country, and I, I guarantee it, Patricia is still getting his footing. I'm not even sure if teams on board with him, to be quite honest. And they sure didn't play like it. No, they didn't. And For so, the big money guy that Stafford is, he was sure chucking the ball willy nilly. Well, not to sound like my grandfather. Apparently, willy nilly is now back in the, you know, common lexicon. Is it good? <laughs> I um, guess so. And, and so is a high-paid quarterback, which is uh, a guy you'll see in San Francisco named Jimmy G. And I think he's going to show his worth this week. Um, I heard a lot of sharp guys were coming in, moving the line from five to six. Um, I'm not going to disagree with that. For me, I, you never know. You never know with Detroit, but. I don't think we're going to see the best team out of Detroit. I think we're going to see what we expect to see out of San Francisco, though. So for that reason, I want to take them as long as it stays under a touchdown. To the Mile High City, where Chucky rolls in with the silver and black intimidation. And, uh, well, way to shit the bed out there, that wee Chucky. Uh, won't even take responsibility for the Khalil Mack debacle. Yeah, this this division, um, 
this division in particular, also you see in the NFC East, typically when when teams match up, there's they just throw a three point line on it and get lazy and call it a day, and that's normally what you see, and um, you're going to see that in the uh, in the Cowboys and Giants game, and it's it's a lazy line, and you see it often, and it's usually very accurate. Like it's usually within three or three or four points. Now this one is sort of going outside the box there a little bit. It's six, and I don't blame the odds makers because I don't think Oakland can last sixty minutes in that altitude. I think this game is going to be close near halftime, just like it was um, last week on the Monday night against the Rams. And I think once the third quarter hits and you still got Von Miller out there who, you know, if it wasn't for Cleo Mack, he probably wouldn't have been the defensive player of the week. Um, he, Derek Carr did not look like Derek Carr. Let's call no, it Spade Derek Spade. Carr, Yeah, Derek Carr is not the same. He, he's not even the best car. The best car is Eric Carr, ex-drummer from Kiss. So, like, they shouldn't have paid him the money in Oakland. He is not what he was ever since. Uh, it was a neck injury, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, neck so, injuries so, are not good to have. Sorry, I was thinking his brother, um, David Carr. Remember when he played Oh, in sorry, Houston? he's not even the, 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 the second best car then. In, in the family. Yeah, that's but tough, you're saying, man. But you're saying the Kiss? Uh, the well, Eric, kiss. Eric Carr, ex-drummer from Kiss, by far is the best car. Like this, is he? this cannot even be debated. He was the original drummer from Kiss. He's the fucking cat, man. If I hear you calling, okay, no, I'll, I'll take your word for it, man. Absolutely. And by so, the way, also the singer of the song Beth. That's Eric Carr. Is it? Yeah. Gene or Paul couldn't handle it, that much emotion, but Eric Carr, he had it in his heart. So we're not going to f- confuse that with the band The Cars. No, definitely not. Because I only had one. Rick Ocasek is a, is a, is an ugly motherfucker, man. Yeah. The lead singer for the Cars. Yeah, he's like the reason why people say why do rock stars marry supermodels because they can. Because right. you should see his wife. She's like a twelve. He's a one and a half, and they're nice. still married. Like props to Rick Rick Ocasek for that as well. So props to Eric Carr, drummer from Kiss. We also love Rick Ocasek, but we do not like Derek Carr. Not even the second best car in the family. All right. Just to recap. <laughs> All right, let's go to Jacksonville. Fuck Oakland. Yeah, let's go to Jacksonville. All right, ja- let's go to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's at home against the New England Patriots. And, against the who? The who? Against the New England Patriots. Oh, my God. I think I saw these guys play last January. They did. And they're only uh, one-point favorites in Jacksonville. Well, I think, as I recall from that game, Jacksonville was up by 10 points in the fourth quarter. They were, but once again, that Brady with his heroics. Yeah, there's Brady, and then there's some Jackson. Get old Jacksonville bed shitting, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Standard operating procedure. Place. It's in yes, the manual. Yes. It is. Yeah, it is. I think, um, but I think this is going to be a little different. Because um, this is Jacksonville Super Bowl. They've, they've had this game circled for a while. I think for, um, for Tom Brady and Bill, it's just another game in September, um, especially one on the road. And I believe that the receiving core for the Patriots isn't nearly, you don't have Edelman um, like you did the last time. Yeah, you got Gronk in there, but um, I think that the uh, the defense, and, and, you know, give them credit. You know, they got, um, they've got Mac in the middle and the linebacker, and their front four can put so much pressure on the, on the quarterback without actually having a blitz that allows the rest of the seven guys to go out in space and do whatever they need to do. And they can double cover Gronk and still cover the rest of the field. And I don't know if Rex Burkhead is actually going to start in the in as running back. Does it matter for, if he does? Well, I mean, they've got, what, 15 other guys um, lined up next to him if he doesn't. Um, I, <laughs> Brady's 13-3 and three against the spread on the road in his last 16 games. But I think he's going to end up 13 and 4 after the end of this one. Boom. Bold prediction. You're choosing Jacksonville against the spread and more than likely to win the game outright. Well, the spread's only one. Like, well, that's whatever. what I'm saying. Yeah. I, so Brady's heroics will be for naught. What if this game Tune ended in, in a tie? Jacksonville, if, New England. What if this ended in a tie, Maddie? Oh, good grief. 
Let's move along to the Big D, where we have the New York football giants going into Dallas's three-point underdogs. What the hell? It's a big divisional matchup. Dallas plays good at home against division teams. I can see the line being minus three. It's lazy always line, minus three, dude. I told you, it's a lazy yeah. line, man. They throw it out there and people take it. Although, no, well, I'll I, take it because I'm taking Dallas this game. Are you shitting me? I am not shitting you. Oh, dude, man! I thought this. I thought the. I thought really this line should should have been in favor of the Giants. Oh, I've. You're not the first I've heard say it, but I don't think Dallas plays like they did last week. I think they write the ship. Well, okay, but let's okay, let's go through this. I'm I'm, I'm right. interested to know your thoughts and your feelings. Let's go through this. All right, let's just do it by position. All right, let's compare the running backs. So you got Zeke and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I I would definitely say. They're they're comparable. They're they're both really. I would good. say it'll be a battle of the offensive line because the two running backs are equally yeah. good. So the line will really make the difference in who moves the ball more. Right. So now you have Travis. Uh, Travis. Um, sorry. So now you have Travis Frederick. They're center, six foot four. He's out, and he meant more to that line for run blocking than I think anyone else did on that whole line. And he's, you know, he, he, he was out in the preseason. He's not there, and it's well, a different and don't game. Don't forget, the center usually calls the line protection, right? So. Yeah. And they are, okay, so, all right, running backs, let's call it about even. We don't know exactly what Saquon was, but he came out with a pretty good showing last time. He looked really he, good. Let's give the edge to Zeke, okay? Let's give the edge to oh, Zeke. Oh, I, I know. I'm saying they got to be. Yeah, I never know. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. Let's go to quarterback, all right? You got Eli Manning. Last they checked, two Super Bowl rings. Dakota Prescott. Um, do you have any opinions on who's better? Well, I'm sure Eli Manning can't hear Dak talking because he got two Super Bowl ring plug in his ears. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> nice yeah, Patrick, you know, like Patrick Wall reference. All yeah, right, all right, all but, right. But you know, Dak Dakota. He's, he's is got. His name. He's got Dakota more. Dakota is yeah. his name. He's got more moves than X Lacks. I, I I like him to. Yeah, but he uh, to keep the line moving. Very inaccurate against Carolina. He, he looked did. very inaccurate. He did. Okay, and now let's move on to. But the I don't like Detroit's board. defense. Detroit. Or, sorry, but I don't like New York's defense. No, I think they beefed up their defense. Okay, they, okay, they played Jacksonville last week. The score was twenty to fifteen. One was a pick six from Eli, so their defense only allowed thirteen points. Right? Yeah. So they're playing pretty well. I think you're. I think you're suspect to one of those overreactions, Andrew. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Let's look at the defense for the right. Cowboys, America's team. Who's the best guy they have on defense? Sean Lee. Okay, let's look at his stats last well, hey, week. One tackle, three assists. Let's let's look at historically. Dallas once had a defense called the No Name Defense that won a Super Bowl with old Roger Staubach. So you know, let's let's we got that going for us, which is nice. Yeah, except um, it wasn't. It was Tom Landry running the team, not uh, Jerry Jones. Okay, I'll give you. I will give you that. So now we're in. A, we're now we're in their leadership, right? Leadership. Right I want. Now. I want some of some of that glory hole. I want me some glory hole. I want some of that glory hole. I'm going to put the leadership in the Mar family over the Jones family. Okay. Coaching, you got the clapper there, Jason Garrett, right? He's just a cheerleader on the sidelines. You got Pat Shermer, right? The offensive former offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings from last year. Uh. I think he's definitely an upgrade to what Jason Garrett has offered in the past. Um, special teams, I really got no particular opinion on either way. But I'm just thinking that uh, you're getting to, you're giving the Giants three points, and I got no real reason to think Dallas can do anything. I think they've got the worst receiving core in all of football. Well, they're definitely not what New York has, but I'll tell you this. Uh, I do not like the way Eli plays away from home. These are where he has his four interception games, that kind of crap. I also think that, uh, I don't know, Dallas's defense looked a lot tighter last week than it did uh, the year before. And I know they don't have a lot of big names, but sometimes that's a good thing on defense. They play like a unit. They're a bunch of hungry young guys. Uh, three points at home for the Cowboys. I like it. 
I know we're going to disagree on that, but that's one of only two games. We yeah, you know what? Uh, Dallas bit me in the ass a couple times last year um, when I didn't see when I didn't give them faith. But um, they've got they've shown me nothing to give faith in. So yeah, screw it. I like the Giants. So we've got Russell Wilson and his Seattle Shithawks coming up to your Chicago Bears. The Bears. Playing at Soldier Field. And I tell you what, Maddie. I'll tell you what, Maddie. There is not a team that impressed me as much as the Chicago Bears did for the first 30 minutes of the game. Yeah, their their two-minute drill was a little bit to be desired, wasn't it? Yeah, but um, let me tell you honest- this though: if Russell Wilson tries any of that running around shit <laughs> that he does on other teams, if he yeah, thinks no, no. Aaron Rodgers getting carted off the field was you know just okay, he's got something coming for him. Yeah, and I don't uh, cheer for injuries, but you you can't run around on guys like Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith. It's just no. not going to happen. The Bears' defense was on fire. In fact, I partly blame the D coordinator of the Bears for that collapse because they were dropping way too many guys back. You dance with the one that got you. If the pass rush is what got you to Rodgers and what was stymieing them in the first half, when you're up 20-3, to I get it. There's a tendency to want to play safe, but a prevent defense only prevents you from winning. How many fucking times does that saying have to be? Well, you know who said that? Steve Young says that. And you're dissing my boy, Vic Fangio, the ex-49er defensive coordinator well i don't care so, if i'm dissing him because he fucked the dog and cost us the game you keep sending mac you keep um, sending I'm the sorry, pass rush fangio the call to play for mitch trubisky to go into shotgun and third and one and pass the fucking ball in hey, the fourth quarter hey you already heard me and by the way it's the bears offense i expect them to be stupid that's what the bears <laughs> well, offense does okay come on Matt Nagy, the bears that's defense, not Matt Nagy. I, expect- I don't know i don't know who the hell was calling that play yeah, no, it wasn't. That was probably Trubisky doing the old, well, being Mitch No, Trubisky. I think there's no reason why he would have called an audible to that. Like, come on, man. You got Jordan Howard in the back. Just r- run it on third, and if yeah. you don't get it, guess Pound what? Run it again. Pound the rock. Pound the rock. I get you. But once again, the Bears offense is always stupid, but I expect more of our, out of our defense. We've got a rich defensive heritage of just running people over. That's how we won a Super Bowl. We literally just stacked the box and dared people to pass deep on us. So that was in 85, right? But, yeah, but I mean, it No, worked. I know Seattle has won a Super Bowl more recently than that with Russell Wilson, too. Yeah, but he's not playing the same cast. Are there still guys on the Bears that have played in 85? No, no, but we should have Ditka come out this year for retirement. He didn't come out. That was probably why we lost. I predicted last week he would come out, catch a touchdown pass, but... And he Obviously, didn't. he didn't. They just probably couldn't afford to pay him. Cause no, Matty, I'm, told, I'm, I'm messing with you. Um, I think Chicago is a superior team here, uh, especially on the defensive side. And, yeah, they're going to have Russell scrambling. That offensive line is going to be a goddamn sieve. And um, there's a lot of guys to fill that sieve. You got Hicks. You got you got Rokon Smith. And now you got Cleo Mack. Forget about it. He's going to be um, – he's going to be – <laughs> running the wrong direction most of the game, I would expect. And well, they're playing with a kind of defense where you can post 10 to 17 points and still come out with a victory, which is right up Trubisky's alley. But I agree yeah. with you. Run the ball, and that way when you've pounded the rock a whole bunch too, then maybe on third down you can do a little play action, diddy do pass. Well, you can give it to Allen Robinson on, on first down. Confuse them a little bit, right? Yep. Yep. It's not like their defense is fully intact and knows exactly what's going on. Um, now, we, we'd be remiss not to acknowledge the fact that Russell Wilson has and, and Pete Carroll have a brilliant record during primetime games. They do. I think they're um, against the spread record is, you know, probably about three to one. And Chicago actually has not a bad record in primetime, uh, at least covering the spread. Okay. That's now true. they're favorites here. So we we're not just talking about covering. We need to talk about covering and winning, um, not as underdogs. Can they cover three? I think so. I think so. So we're in agreement. We're, we're going Da Bears. I want to hear you say it. Da Bears. 
All right. Sorry. Uh, Mr. Foreman, can you please hand me the envelope from the jury? And the jury believes that the victor will be the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Please hang up and try again. Now we move to a brand new segment we got. It's called uh, Andy's Total Prop Tease, which he just, his first week, he just knocked it out of the park. So the way it works is Andy makes a recommendation on point total, a proposition bet, and finally a teaser. And we invite our listeners to do the same thing on our Facebook page, Almost Wise Guys at Facebook. A successful total prop tease is any combo that hits two out of three. So take out your Swami hat, brother. Give us your uh, week two thoughts. All right. So um, the first one is the total. And as I alluded to earlier, uh, when we were talking about the games, I definitely think the Pittsburgh KC game will go over. That number has been ticked up from 50 to 53 and a half. And there's a likelihood it could drop down a little bit. Um, I wouldn't worry about it. That That's going to be the highest scoring game on, on the docket uh, for certain. Um, they've got suspect defenses and pretty good offenses. So confident in that. Prop bet is fairly straightforward, uh, and this is for the Oakland Raiders to score fewer than 19.5 points during the game. They're playing at a high altitude at my high stadium. Um, their defense sucks. Their quarterback sucks. The coach sucks. Yeah, they're playing with the third best car. The th- they're playing with the third best car. And finally, my teaser, and normally I take teasers that go through two key numbers, um, at least on one side of the ball. It's going to be a little bit different here. I like the Eagles uh, to go from minus three to plus three. Okay, now they're on the road, so that's the reason for going that way. And um, I'm going to take Jacksonville, although they were at one and a half earlier. They're at one. Going to tease them up to plus seven at a touchdown uh, against New England. I think it's going to be tight at home. So the Eagles and Jacksonville in your teaser. All right, thank you to all our fans for listening to episode two of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week two games across the NFL. Special thank you to Dave Ward for our retro 80s theme song from the Costa Nostra Studios for Andy, the prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central. I'm Matty Buller. Get out, pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara.